You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Season 2 of Red Wings Rant. Hosted, of course, by the Brothers of Discussion. Brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. Where Ty raids and impassioned pleas about your Detroit Red Wings finally have a home. Of course, what are we talking about today? Uh, Who knows? Patrick no, we're Oh. We're talking about the biggest trade of all time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a hockey trade, as Steve put it, but uh, maybe a little Matt, bit you thought Blockbuster was closed for business? Stevie Wise said, not today! <laughs> Boom! Uh, I don't know. I, I also put in, like, Hurricanes, Red Wings notes where we won 3-1, to one, but I don't know. Does anybody really care? Oh, yeah, we're still playing games. Yeah. Uh, um, so maybe if we have time, we'll get into that. We'll talk about uh, the new lineups that are out. Maybe we'll play around with them ourselves and uh, the Iceman press conference where I thought there were some fun little biddies we could touch on. All right. Uh, but, Ooh. Mike, before we get into all that, we have a little bit of business. Together. Nothing like touching on ditties. All right. <laughs> Matt, basketball teams are entering the final month of the regular season to care for the playoffs. What's well, up, teams are locks and locks to miss the playoffs. Hello, Pistons. Uh, to make the playoffs, others are still fighting for their opportunity to chase the trophy of the summer draft. Game Sportsbook America Summer is one of the you. The center of the action with a chance to turn one dollar and one hundred dollars in free bets. Turn one dollar and one hundred dollars in hope. Big ended basketball team to win their next game. Oh man, they got to win. I just wanted to pick one. Oh no. Okay, so if your team during the said game, the team of your choosing hits a three pointer, which breaking quite a few teams can do. You can bring home $100 in free bets. That's $100 in what? That's 100 to 1 odds on the team you're choosing to hit a three. They what? don't even need to win. What? What? I, I'm going to read that what? again. That's 100 to 1 odds on the team you're choosing to hit a three. They don't even need to win. What? This year's teams have been hitting threes at an unprecedented pace. So get in on all the action with DraftKings Sportsbook before this offer ends. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free bets if the basketball team of your choosing hits a three. That's code THPN to turn $1 into $100 in free bets for a limited time only, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Woo. All right. Woo. Matt, the biggest trade of Iserman's young GM career in Detroit. Matt, this is his San Luis move. Matt, the whole league just fell out of their collective chairs and onto their booties and scooted around with poo-poo coming out of their butt because they didn't know what to do when Steve Iserman made this trade. Matt, I was stunned. Uh, Matt, there's two things that I want to talk about. One, holy crap, we traded Mantha. Uh, number two, how much the viewpoint on trades like this has evolved where when we saw that Iserman won, got a first right. rounder. Cool. Uh, then he got, was it a second rounder or a third? 
I'm sorry. It's a first rounder and a second rounder. There first rounders from 2021, second rounders from 2022. I, I'm sorry. I'm pulling up the J Fresh cards. And then we got uh, our boy, uh, Mr. Jakub Vrana. Ah, who, another, uh, you know, underperformer, uh, kind of in the mold of Mr. Manta. And then we got, uh, you know, uh, Mr. Touring Circus himself, uh, Richard Ponick, who, you know, he's been on every team in the NHL, and now he's going to be a Red Wing. Hooray for him. So, Matt, I guess the point that I was going to make is that these, uh, like, grades for trades like this, it used to just be, well, the Red Wings got a first-rounder. Beautiful. But immediately after the pick, after the trade was made, people were like, well, I don't know if it's good value. We have to see who they draft first, which uh, it's it's true. Uh, but we used to be a little bit more excited. You know, we used to give it a day before we'd get critical of Iserman's drafting skills. Yeah. Uh, I, I would still call this a win. Um, I think it absolutely is because all, all the things that we've been looking at from an analytics perspective show that at this point, uh, Verana and Mantha have very similar statistics. Yes. Uh, we know that Mantha is going to get a much better opportunity to play than uh, Verana was getting over in Washington. And that's, I mean, that's ultimately where this, this trade starts is Washington has, has made the, the blatant statement that they were looking for more size. And when they thought about what was, what, what did the top, six forwards lack or what could they add to it that's what they were thinking it was a guy that could move like mantha with the size of mantha so the red wings mike this goes back to what we said when the show first started the thing is we don't need anyone right now we don't need to win we will lose we will continue to lose uh i the keeping mantha uh would have just been keeping verana and not having those two draft picks <laughs> like uh now what's also up for debate and, and we can get into this too but uh a, a lot of the conversation has also changed to trying to figure out which draft pick did uh the red wings get paid or uh i, I guess handed over uh for taking panic's contract because we we didn't necessarily need to take richard panic but that that's where that comes into play but, I mean, ultimately, all of this working out, the Red Wings have the cap space. We also have the time. Uh, we need Red Wings fans to be patient. And it's another first round. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of fascinating when you make moves like this. This is kind of Iceman's wheelhouse where um, guys who have been kind of, you know, underperforming, he wants to give them another shot and be like, listen, you know, maybe uh, – Maybe you didn't quite get the ice time you thought you, you were going to get, or maybe you didn't quite get the uh, the reps you thought you were going to get. Well, you know what? We're ice and teams over here. Uh, so we'll put you on the – heck, we'll put you on the first line sometimes, um, which it, it sounds like might be the case here uh, for Vrana. Um, his numbers, if you, if you were worried that, you know, did we get a downgrade um, size-wise? Yes, you did. Um, is Mantha probably a better defender? Yeah, I'd say probably. I think he's got the the natural skill to do that a little bit more. Um, but I mean, Jakob, you're you're getting pretty pretty close offensive numbers. I, I don't know if you can really be too upset. He's uh, I believe he's a year younger uh, than Anthony. Um, you know, Red Wings fans, as you get used to him, he's uh, about five inches shorter, uh, so he's gonna fit right in. Um, at least until we start calling up the Wallanders of the world and the Mo Siders. But uh, yeah, I you know. 
I, I don't know if he's going to play on a line with Fabry. Um, you know, I have a couple we, of we goal scorers out there. Um, but Matt, the other, I'd say the other big uh, lesson out of this is um, not just Iserman, you know, putting his own touch on the team, um, you know, and saying I, I'd rather, you know, I'd rather see how this guy pans out. I feel like I've learned enough from Anthony Mantha after I gave him a bunch of money, and uh, <laughs> that's this is how he rewarded me uh, by being a, a middling player uh, for a guy I'm paying like a top player. But Matt Iserman. Is this him vouching now that he's got the Ernie resume, Matt? Is this him vouching for Blashill and saying, you know what? If Blash couldn't develop this guy, nobody can. Mantha, you're out. Um, it is it is interesting. I, I think on top of everything, this tells me that Iserman has done his job of assessing the offensive talent. And we might be a lot farther out than we think. Um, I mean, Eisman doesn't make this deal lightly. He doesn't do this because he's reading on Twitter that we all want more draft picks. He's doing it because he, he he's evaluated Mantha to the point that even if he's going to um, peak soon, that doesn't help us in any way, shape, or form because we're not inches away from a Stanley Cup. We are miles away from a Stanley Cup. Um the point I was getting at before, before I completely lost my feet there, was um, there, there's there's so many implications in regards to, to salary cap, too, uh, that got us that extra draft pick. I, I don't know if I, I ultimately got that point out before I lost my uh, my connection. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess I didn't, but uh, I'll get into that in a second. I think there, there's a huge implication there as well. But to come to your question, if uh, this is about putting your belief behind Jeff Blaschel. I, I don't think that's it. Uh, I, I think, I think this is more about uh, more about the timeline of where Anthony Mantha was going to be. Uh, but I, I do, I, you know, we have to acknowledge too, that in the press conferences with, with Jeff, uh, Jeff did throw out there that he's clashed with Anthony Mantha at the time or at certain times, I shouldn't say at the time uh, at certain times, which is, Puzzling, uh, alarming. You wish like that statement wasn't made and we had, you know, now we just have questions, which is my least favorite thing when it comes to getting information from our coaches, from our GMs is when they say something and it just causes us to try and connect the dots. Um, I think there's one pretty obvious connection of dots there was that they just didn't get along. And that's why Jeff brought, brought that up. Um, but ultimately, like, even if we said that was the case, it still comes back to wherever Anthony Mantha was going to peak. Statistically, it's going to happen in the next few years. And we are not two years away from a Stanley Cup. And if anybody doubted that, this just this just made it official. And maybe we went out the rest of the year and I'm a complete fool. But I don't think you just lightly like make the decision. You're just like, all right, Mantha, you're out of here. Like I I, I think a guy like Anthony Mantha, who has the skill, you you try to make it work I, with with like a coaching thing. I, I I don't think this this was something. I don't know. I, I'll just say on, on the 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 rankings of like making making the most out of a value, you know, getting the most value out of a guy while you still can. 
and also trying to make work like the assets that you have so that the timetable all sort of clicks at the same point. Like those are my top two priorities. If there was ever going to be anything that involved like the coach and player relationship uh, for the trade for a guy like Anthony Mantha, um, I don't know. I, I feel like, I feel like right now that's, that's, it's just lower on my list. And I, I hope that it's lower on Iserman's list. I, I don't know. I, there, there, there's maybe a different solution I'd go with if, if, if a guy like Anthony Mantha just was going to fight back with the coach. I, I also, you know what? I say that too. I don't think he was actually. I don't think this was an issue, like an ongoing daily thing. I'm, I'm just saying when I made that point earlier. What I'm trying to make the, uh, I guess my complaint is that when we don't get enough information, like there's one obvious connection we could make when Jeff Blaschel says that they've clashed in the past. And uh, that's the obvious one. Uh, it could just be like every once in a while uh, he didn't agree with Jeff's choice. And then boom, we saw, we saw Mantha get benched. And then, you know, the next game, it was a pretty good performance. So I don't know. That, that was a lot of talking. Um, I gave, <laughs> I gave you your answer. I gave you a lot more. Um yeah, long, long story short, this this was more about this was more about timeline of Anthony Manta than anything. Okay. Uh, yeah. It also, uh, I you know they've already traded out from under that contract. Uh, I, I I guess in some capacity it was about you know I, I don't see a you know a, a Stanley Cup ceiling with this guy under the under the uh, payroll. <clears throat> but does that mean that um, another restricted free agent, because all we do is collect restricted free agents, Matt, um, Jakob is actually a restricted free agent this offseason. So what do you think we're going to – what do we need to see from him to get him to be a Red Wing in 2021-2022? I think uh, this might be something that's up to him, uh, like with – with what he's going to be doing here at the end of the season. Is this, <laughs> you know, uh, from the start here, we've heard from the press conferences, he, he's pretty excited to be here, but you know, you know, we're going to see what happens on the ice, but you just at least want to see the consistent play that you saw in Washington because his minutes are going to go up. Um, it's just Washington's That's what, on their yeah, way that... to probably winning a Stanley cup. So obviously they're going to be loaded with more talent. Uh, so I, I think what I say from a consistency standpoint, like the points per 60 would be nice to stay uh, in the same range because if his ice time is going to get that considerable increase, uh, he's going to look, honestly, based on the production that we could pull up from like evolving hockey, uh, he's going to look like a steal because it would look like he got, you know, he's he's performing better than Mantha just based on a points per 60 aspect uh, between the two teams. Um but I, I guess I, I I think that's, that's part of the reason uh, you they know made that trade was uh, the yeah. the phrase of cost certainty always comes up. And what do you what do you do with the guy who's who's got this contract, uh, you know, expiring? Uh, it, it's probably a tough decision because, like we just said, uh, he's not getting the minutes he wanted on Washington, and they don't want to pay a guy who's going to be doing third line minutes. Uh, more than he's getting paid right now. And ultimately, if he's continued to produce the way that he has been, you you guess that he's going to get a pay raise. Uh, it just comes with the experience. It's just a thing in sports. Uh, not very often does a guy of his age not get the pay raise with the consistent output. 
So with Mantha, they just traded for a guy that that contract set. And they, they still make the argument that he fits better. So he's going to move up. He's going to be getting top six minutes. And they're, they have a player now in, that, in the top six that is, has a, a contract that's reasonable for that amount of ask. And I think one of the things we bring up all the time with the Red Wings is how many times we've screwed ourselves of overpaying guys that were going to be third and fourth liners uh, when we were wrapping up our, our title runs and our playoff streak. Um, and we're just straight up picking up a guy that we thought could be a first liner would end up being a fourth liner. But um, Washington is, is essentially making a, a deal here with now that's not an issue for them. It's out, out of their head. But again, you know, I think we've talked about it before uh, with, with just the restricted free agent, I'm sorry, the unrestricted free agents that are already on the Red Wings and why aren't we just going to pay them next year? Like it, it's not, why aren't we just going to pay them? It's we don't we don't need to struggle like every other NHL team to figure out who we're going to bring in or or say goodbye to because we have all the money in the world. You know, part one to that. We also need to hit the cap floor, so we're going to need to pay some guys. And it just sometimes it makes sense to just keep the guys you got and maybe overpay for a yeah. little bit. Uh, the cider contract, the Lucas Raymond contract, is nowhere near being an issue. Uh, so you're, you know, maybe it is something where, um, you know, Jakob's just going to get paid maybe closer to what he wants than what Steve would want to pay. And maybe that's okay. Um, I, I just, I look at this kind of thing and I say, it's, it's a pretty good situation, at least with, with his contract expiring. I think, I think we could take a chance on him and, and see what happens. I, I definitely don't think with what the scuttlebutt is across the league, um, in regards to their two potentials. Like everybody still looks at Anthony Mantha and says he should have, he should be, you know, a top line forward where people don't look at Jakob Vrana and, and make that initial assessment. At least that's what yeah, we're hearing yeah. over you the know, last You know, what I'll days. say is that, uh, um, let me cut you off there on the Matt podcast. Um, so <laughs> with those two players, Matt, this is easily the riskiest trade for Iserman. Uh, this this is essentially right up there with his his cider draft pick, where people are like, "Whoa, what are you doing?" Um, the reason that I say that uh, we've seen, um, you know, Mantha get you know about four, yeah, you know, three to four more minutes a game um, than Jakob, um, and so he's been playing, you know, turtle hockey, where we just kind of batten the hatches down and try to limit opportunities. And Mantha's, you know, scored where he could, but nothing lighting the world on fire. Not, you know, we, we've seen flashes here and there, but, you know, nothing stretched out over a full season. And then uh, I guess with Jakob, it feels like they've tried to give him opportunities. Um, but you know he's got a, he's got kind of a rough playoff resume uh, where I think he's gone two straight years with no points. Uh, and so they're like, well, we're kind of fed up, and I I feel like we've gotten his ceiling. Um, so it's going to be fascinating. Is this is the biggest test of Steve Eiserman's like eye for talent? Because um, we're going to see if he was if he was right. You know that you know best case scenario, Mantha. You know I try to give him first line minutes. I tried to make them a focal point of our team and it just doesn't work. So we're going to go in another direction. And then, you know, 
he saw this guy in Washington kind of, you know, second, third line, pretty productive, not a, not a ton of, you know, ice time. He's not, never going to lead the team, but yeah, the opportunity is going to be here, Matt. Um, I don't, you know, he's going to get a lot of power play time. Um, he's going to be, you know, on the first or second line playing with the most talented uh, Red Wings, <laughs> you know, as high as that ceiling is at this point. Right. Um, yeah, it's, this is the biggest test of, uh, you know, Steve Eiserman's, um, you know, eyeball for talent. We're going to see what he does with that draft pick, and we're going to see if he was right about Mantha and see if he's right about Jakob. And I, I still – I guess I still push back on that. I don't know if this is where my connection got lost. Like, uh, w- even if Mantha becomes a world beater in Washington – I, I mean, he was here and it wasn't working. Like there, the motivation, if that was the problem, he wasn't producing for us. So if he did all of a sudden find a reason to turn it on, which I also think what's going to come into play is like Washington, the Washington capital strategy is obviously a little bit more open than ours um, as any across the NHL it is. Uh, so his, his production's going to look better. The opportunities are going to be there for him uh, as opposed to, like, what they were here. But, uh, you know, it still comes back to that timeline. And do, did we think we were going to be a Stanley Cup contender around the time where his contract might have become an issue? Um, so I, I still say I, I agree that it's it's a huge trade. I just don't – I still don't even look at it as – like, it looks like – Really? And just going by Steve Eiserman's words, like, he got a player back for this that, you know, and, and I, I would guess in, in a normal circumstance, we're, we're not even getting a player back, but he, he was just talking about, he's, he's not even using the word replacement. I mean, we're, we've got another guy that we can at least just put on the ice. Um, I, I do, again, as, as the guy who subscribes now to Evolving Hockey and Jay Fresh, I see the value in, in Verona and I, I think he, he can, he is going to do a lot here. I just, I do think all, like a lot of this was, was so much less about, um, you know, like Verona for Mantha. I think it was, what can we get for Mantha now? Verona is at least one year closer to the timetable that we want to see these guys. So think about, we just signed Mantha off his restricted free agent contract now we've got one more year. You hope that the contract's a little bit more reasonable for, for Brana. Um, and whatever happens See, with Lucas Raymond and uh, I don't think know. that it was just Iserman just taking a, a you know long view at the team because I, I think that he figured it with his this is more about his scouting eye. This is the trade deadline. Matt Mantha's got like three more years on his deal. Um I, he must have seen that. My God, I'm I'm probably going to be selling high right now. This is the only period of this guy's career where he's actually healthy. He's on the ice. He's kind of productive. He's still in his youth, but I know in my heart of hearts, he's not going to be an A plus player. So I'm moving on. I'm getting a first. I'm getting a guy with some potential, a little bit younger. Um, still knows how to score. I'm going to give him some more minutes and see if we can make that work. So I I, I don't know if it's just. Ah, this guy's going to be peaking at the wrong time because I, I think he could have waited. This could have been an off-season trade. There's, there's, there's no immediacy to do this right now. I mean, he's getting a, a first-round oh, pick. He mentioned, you know, that's that's almost a second-round pick. 
He mentioned maximizing value because uh, what was funny is that he brought up trading Mantha in year four without anybody asking him in the press conference. Maybe we, we can transition into that press conference right now, too, since uh, now we're at the 25th minute and we have four other things we wanted to talk about. Um, but he brought it up without anybody inquiring. Uh, and he just talked about, you know, let's trade Mantha in year three or year four. And that value just isn't going to be there. And I, I thought that was very telling as to what Iserman saw in Anthony Mantha. And very telling is when, when we saw that deal for Mantha, when he got signed, and we thought, man, what an incredible deal the Red Wings just got on a top six forward. I mean, it, it, Iserman's words made it sound like this was a part of the plan, you know, all along. Like this, Mike, you and I, like, we shouldn't be shocked about this because you and I have been making the claim since this show started that Anthony Manta was not going to be a piece of the core when this team was ready to win a Stanley Cup. And here we are. Mike, we got Mike, we got ripped to shreds when we made that claim. And here we are. Um, but I, I I say that because we we did we did the due diligence. We took a look. We took a look at the timeline. We took a look at his performance so far. We looked at the injury history that still has to come into, you know, that's still part of the conversation. Um all that wrapped together, still, I don't know. Like it, it just looked like I, like I agree with you. Like there, there's that aspect of uh, it. It, I tried it with Mantha on the first line, and it didn't work out. But I, I just when I hear Steve Eisman talk, I think that that uh, the ability for us to compete and get past that, you know that I guess the obstacle that would put us into the, the winning team uh, realm, it just always sounds like Iserman's so far from that. Like it always sounds like he, he thinks we're so much further. So I, like that's where just hearing his words, it just feels like we're so far away from that. He's not trading Mantha so that we can get more wins. He's trading Mantha to just get more draft picks and and continue with the you know his flexibility, his flexibility and growing the team with draft picks. I that's where I'm settled. That's where I'm gonna I'm gonna finish that thought. Well, I, I will say I I put that, that's it. That's the stake in there. Um, yeah, and then I, we can move on. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I just feel like um, there, there's, there was no rush. There was no rush. I, I get that he could have done it third or fourth year, but I mean, at this point, you could have just waited to see which picks come out and basically do a, you know, a little bit more of an auction instead of a panicked, you know, late transaction. You know, after the deadline had already passed. I don't know. I think it was I like Eisman, um if we we look at like Prashant Iyer has that trade machine, right? Like he's got everything valued out even the first round picks and the second round picks based on statistically like how effective any first round pick has been in the history of the NHL. And uh, he bases it also on contracts and it's it looks like you know, we came out on top by almost like fourfold based on what Mantha is and what we get back. So from an analytics standpoint, I feel like we made out, it's just I, I, the point I'm, I'm coming to, sorry, is that it was like too good of a deal to, to pass up. And I, I don't know 
Like if you get that first round pick now, if the, the, the scene, more first round picks you get, like now, your whole your whole uh, argument, it sounded like you were all saying we we didn't win the trade and we were just kind of throwing in the towel and seeing what we could get. So that's I think that's where I was kind of confused. Oh, absolutely not. Yeah, um, I, I, it felt like the trade was a, a landslide um, in our favor. Um, I I think the point I was just trying to make was just why Manta would be traded. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, you know we've we've been over it ad nauseum on this show. Um, yeah, I good luck to him. Uh, you know, if he gets to just for a few minutes, you know, play with Ovi, uh, you know, it'd be kind of cool. But uh, I don't know. I'm uh, I'm excited to see uh, this Jakob. Let's see what he looks like in red. Let's see what he looks like playing uh, all right. of our power we what, play. We know what he looks like in red. We gotta see no no more blue. No, but like like red. Our <laughs> man. There's yeah, there's, I, there's red. Then there's red. Okay. Yeah, I, I just like I I feel like uh, the point of me saying that it wasn't about Jakob Vrana. It was about this is the team that was going to give us a player back. So when I say it wasn't about us getting Jakob Vrana, it was more about Washington wanted Mantha. We, we got a trade that was too good to be true. Like something when we were plotting out trading Mantha in our articles, like we didn't even come close to this, um, this get back in regards to the, the draft picks and then a replacement player. So that's, that's kind of the point I'm making is this wasn't Iserman trying to bring in Jakob Vrana. I feel like it's more like a cherry on top that he's such like, he's, he's so close in regards to statistics and production level. Uh, to Manta, like that just seems like oh my gosh, <laughs> like I can't believe that we got this. You you think we'd get a guy that that hasn't had a track record that's so similar to Manta? Um, yeah, my last my last thing on this is not related to the actual trade itself. I just wish we could be in the room, just, or like if there was a, um, um, you know, there's like public record, right? Mm -hmm. You can. You know, look up uh, crimes in your neighborhood. Um, yeah. You know, look up, uh, you know, different, you know what I'm getting at. I just wish we could see the other trade offers that came in for Mantha. Yeah, and I, I, you'd have to think, right? Like, this isn't something where, um, with Washington using usually being in the metro, like, it could be something where uh, Eisenman's trying to make sure that we're not trading with somebody who's in, you know, we're, we're not going to give him up to Tampa Bay and have him come back and destroy us, uh, you know, a bunch of times every year. So uh, there's probably some, maybe that element, if there was a better trade out there, but um, I mean, Tampa's already lost their, their first. So um, yeah, I, I would like to know what those other trades are by the sound of it. Eisenman said he'd been working on this trade for a few weeks. So with with Washington, uh, it just kind of sounded like nothing else was going to happen with it. So that's where they pulled the trigger. So I, like my guess would be, since it was such a huge win, that Iserman was waiting to see if he could get one more piece, which would have just, <laughs> like the landslide victory would have looked even uglier. But uh, I'm glad I'm glad they did pull the trigger. Um, Mike, Let's let's move on to the uh, some more Eisenman uh, topics here because this is my favorite thing that happened uh, actually on trade deadline day. Uh, it wasn't just Mantha getting traded; it was Trevor Thompson. Oh, I missed he's, it. What happened? Oh my God! So, <laughs> Trevor, he's he's 
he's not necessarily a man of the people. He's a man of the players. He's he's a big fan of the players. And uh, he said, what message are you sending by trading away Anthony Mantha? And he's referencing to the players <laughs> and to any future, you know, unrestricted free agent. And I think what Trevor Thompson is referring to is how many times we showed, like, an unbelievable amount of loyalty uh, to players that probably didn't deserve it, and it, it hurt us later with contracts. Um, I don't think Trevor looks at that as us ever being hurt because he goes and interviews these guys all the time. He doesn't put that in his head that any of these guys have ever hurt the Red Wings and their ability to grow. So Iserman stare at, like, at, this is, I, I, took, I took the notes here because I watched it a hundred times. Iserman starts shaking his head and looking at the sky as Trevor's wrapping up this question. Like he's furious about this. And he bites his lower lip. I put that in there. And Iserman finally answers and says, Trevor, I don't know how to answer that. I don't know what message I'm sending. I'm trying to build a good team. <laughs> and I probably wasn't as stern in my delivery right now than, than Iserman was. But then Trevor just goes, thank you. And that's the last we heard from Trevor for the rest. Now, I don't hate Trevor Thompson in any way, shape, or form. But that question, obviously what he's leading to is, why didn't you just tell the whole NHL that you have no loyalty? That's what he's asking. And Steve Eiserman has to sit there and take that from the local media? Get the get out of here, Trevor! You no! Know, get out of here with that garbage. Um, well, he's got to, I got to, like, I see that he's got to play the game, right? So he's the guy who's in the locker room. He's got to do all these interviews. Yeah. Um, I think to protect his own well-being as a journalist, it's going to be, you know, much more to his benefit to you know, be on the player's side. Right. Um, and it is a, it is a tough question that I think needed answering. I don't know if the phrasing could have been a little bit different, but we've talked about the added benefit of having Iserman. Um, you know where you're you're getting like a like a Bobby Ryan, right? So we see what kind of impact that has, and I think teams are a little bit more open to trading with Iserman than they might have been with Ken Holland recently. Um, yeah. So and then we wondered, you know, what's going to happen once he starts moving guys, and that that is interesting, right? Because this is a guy that you know the Pistons just uh, traded for Blake Griffin two years ago, um, and <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Where? Well, hold on. Let me get to my point. So the Clippers, the Clippers re-signed him in the offseason, and they like draped a jersey from the from the rafters. They said, "You're going to be a Clipper for life." Um, you know, we're we're going to basically have Blake Griffin Boulevard when you come down to play a game at uh, the Clippers Stadium. And then he was uh, unceremoniously traded to the Pistons after signing his big deal. So I'm not saying Iserman, he's not even close to being at that level. But this was a guy that they committed four years to, um, mm -hmm. that they drafted, you know, brought up. This was one of their babies. And uh, Iserman said, nah, I'm good. <laughs> but I, I think I think that comes back to, like, our conversation about the trade, though. Like, I, I, I got to think, like, this was just the right trade came up. And I commented at the start of trade deadline day uh, or like, Monday, and I said, oh, like, I said, Iceman's not shot. He's not out there going, hey, who wants an Anthony Mantha right now? He's just sitting back saying, yeah, Anthony Mantha's available. You got to come with the right, you know, you come with the right offer. We'll, we'll start talking. But he's not, I, he's not knocking on doors going, hey, <laughs> look at this guy. 39, check him out. Um, 
Yeah, you know what message I'm sending my play. You know what message I'm sending to my players, Trevor. You're worth a uh, top six forward. You're worth a second round pick. You're worth a first round pick. Oh, and I'm gonna trade you to a Stanley Cup contender. Right. That's what you're worth. How about that? I I do like that element too. That that is actually a great point. Um. Yeah, if anything, uh, like Jakob Vrana is the one who got dogged here. He just went from a Stanley Cup contender to us. So he's got to feel pretty sore with Washington after all the years he's he's turned in. Um, but, uh, Mike, we also got Eisman's happy with the development of Zadina, Hronik, and uh, Rasmussen. Of course, that led into Rasmussen's best game of his career against Carolina, which I, I'm just going <laughs> to chalk up and say uh, we don't have time to discuss. Um, yeah. But I'll just throw this out there. Like, same same, same night that Rasmussen gets praised from Iserman, it's like he hit a whole other level of speed and, uh, like, skate. It's just the skating ability. He looked like everything that we complained about when he was drafted and everything that any prospect guy told us about, like, it just was not an issue. Uh, against Carolina, and it was beautiful. But uh, also, Mike, Joe Valeno could be headed to Detroit. We just talked about it in the last episode that he was probably just headed to Grand Rapids, but uh, Eiserman said he wants to see him up. Uh, he discussed how many guys they can still send up and down, so I think that's where that conversation is going to come into play. Uh, but if he's he's talking about that, that means they're seriously giving consideration to uh, Joe getting uh, the call up. And um, last thing was a little bit of a tease, more insider. Possibly, if uh, Rogel Ooh, out. But, uh, Mike, they Ooh, they look like they're, they're going to run through the SHL playoffs, though. So chances are very small. Jeffrey's MVP of that. Um, then maybe he'll sit on the bench for a game or two. Um, but yeah, you know, I always like these moves that are addition by subtraction. So I'm excited to see Rasmussen kind of step up and you know, like kind of look down the bench and be like, you know, I'm the biggest man on the company. You know, I'll get out there and I'll have some people up. Um, so I'm, I'm happy for that guy. I'm happy he's going to get some more ice time uh, with Mantha out of there. And I I don't know, man. I, you know, now we're going to see my boy out there. We're going to see old Dennis. Old Dennis the Menace. I don't play no defense, defense Michalowski. I can't wait, man, because we uh, we got a couple other moves that we, we just kind of sort over. of glossed over. Yeah. Uh, Nemeth. Dolph Ziggler's cousin, gone. Uh, we got a fourth rounder for him. Uh, Matt, we made one more move. It was the brokerage move. We talked about that, the the wholesale mortgage move. We had one more. John we... Merrill. We got Hayden Verbeek. And yeah. Oh, That's the, that was the was only good. trade. That's the only trade when uh, I felt like we got hosed on. Like, oh, that's all John Merrill was worth. I mean, after all the... You know, bell tooting and tail right. honking that we did with that guy, and we got a fifth round pick. And uh, Matt, your joke was, uh, what was it that's going to be a little bit easier at the company picnic because Verbeek's already here? You got the Bertuzzi's taken care of, the Verbeek family's taken care of, uh, the Draper family's <laughs> good to go. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, we're, we're fine, we're saving on two packages of hot dogs. Uh, I, I gotta imagine uh, that's that's. That's Mike. That is top level GM thinking. When you've got the family picnic at the uh, middle of the summer in mind, when you're making trades, you know these <laughs> these are my uh, these are my favorite kind of trades where uh, uh, my Pistons have been 
pretty pretty uh, guilty of it. They've done quite an abundance of them recently where they just traded anybody with any kind of veteran experience and just doubled down on anybody 23 and younger and said, well, you want a job? Go get a kid. And so, uh, Chalowski, you want to get paid, big boy? Go out there. Woo! So, uh, man, we're going to see if he's taken to heart any of the defensive defenseman lessons that he's supposed to be getting in Grand Rapids um, and see if he's harnessed any of them for Detroit because it's now or never. Yeah, and I think I think we'd get the pushback from some people that uh, watch every Grand Rapids Griffins game. But Mike, as we know, friend of the time show, time well spent. Yeah, and and Cal, let us know. Doesn't matter what you do anywhere else. Got to get you got to get that sample size in the NHL for us to be able to judge it properly. Um, should mention too, Mike. Uh, Godspeed uh, to Heronic, by the way. Godspeed. Gustav Lindstrom actually walked away with the second best expected goals for on that last game against Carolina. Um, you know, we, I, I did say we we're going to skip over it. Um, anybody, just a quick snippet here. We got absolutely effing lunched in that game in chances. Um, it was the worst game we played the entire year in regards to expected goals against. So I only mentioned that because it looks like, you know, like I mentioned, Rasmussen had the, the wheels going. If we're just going to let this thing go, you know, let's see what Rasmussen can do if he doesn't have to worry about defense because we won that game, but the expected goals against Mike says we gave up more chances than we we had given up the entire year by a full goal, okay? It was bad. <laughs> so it could have gone the other way uh, in, in a um, – extremely unwatchable way so uh something to look out for as we continue to move forward and we have all the kids in there and uh, we're trying to figure out what happens next um mike you You know we don't care about goals against all right we got jacob and chalowski are going to be on the same line at some point right and bernier stuck around so looks good absolutely everybody that's talking about it on twitter you re-up bernier there's no question about it uh, how excited do you think Bernier was to see Merrill get moved? His best. I guess I'm blocking defenses. all the shots myself now. Okay, well. <laughs> I Mike, I by the end of the season, this is what's going to happen. He's going to like shoot to the top of the uh, goals saved above expected uh, oh, category. Is going to be 99. There's going to be. Well, he's just going to be peppered. I'm, I'm going to, maybe not that, but definitely the goal is saved above. Uh, well, no, you're right. Yeah, he probably is going to. Yeah, get he's going to be facing yeah. a lot of shots, man. He faced about 200 uh, a game without Merrill's big butt out there. Yeah, but Mike, uh, we're super stoked about the goal saved above. I mean, above. Chalowski's a, he's a mater D out there. Oh, right this way, sir. Uh, so, uh, did you have one more thing you were going to throw at us? Uh, I don't know. I mean, just a quick mention here because we're kind of talking about it, but uh, the practice lines uh, for the Red Wings, if you guys haven't Ooh, seen yeah. them, um, pretty good. Like these are, we'll do the, like the hot beds here, right? So Zadina coming up on the first line officially with uh, Sveshnikov. So Larkin centering it. I, that's just fun to me. I, I think that's pretty juicy. Uh, so that means on the second line is where we're going to find Jakob Vrana. With uh, Michael Rasmussen and um, Philpola. I know. So, there you go. Oh, <laughs> it wasn't anybody else. Oh, come on. And, uh, and reportedly, um, you know, who knows if this is just a paper move, but uh, Giovanni Smith just got uh, 
sent down to Grand Rapids. So we'll, we'll see what happens in the next day before our next game. But uh, as far as right now, yeah, Giovanni Smith uh, sent down Ooh. to Grand Rapids. Um, third line, Mike, that's where panic's fallen. Uh, we haven't really talked about him because on everybody's analytics boards and the charts, including Jay Fresh and Evolving Hockey, this is a below average forward. I'm not saying he's terrible. Just like Jeff, he said there's value in every player in the NHL. But we're not too excited about Richard Panic. Again, we picked that up probably to get another draft pick, and uh, so Washington could relieve some of the cap. Um, I'm not super stoked about this, but who knows? Uh, Panic, Nemistikov, Gagne in the third line, fourth line, Helm, Glendening. Mike. And the gold machine himself. Yeah, Adam Ernie, what the hell? If you could move Adam Ernie to any line, which one? Second, 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 second. Thank you. What are we doing? What are we doing? I know we don't want the fourth line to just be completely run over, but goddamn. But Adam, give, reward him for the good job. Give him a fucking biscuit, man. He's been a good boy. Reward him, man. He's got, he gets to play with the NHL faceoff leader. One of the fastest guys on our team. And you, you reminded me of my least favorite thing on trade deadline day. Uh, number What's one that? favorite thing was Trevor Thompson. Least favorite thing. How many times people are just tweeting absolute bullshit of just this generic, like, Oh, I hear Glenn, Glenn Denning conversations are starting to heat up. Uh, watch for that. And then three Ooh. o'clock rolls around four, you know, oh. now it's four o'clock. The Anthony Mantha I, deal. I done. hear them. Hold on, they're softening. They're softening. <laughs> you got you guys that are you know whoever. I'm sure they're not you know listening right now, but uh, whoever's out there with your Twitter account and you're tweeting out that absolute generic bullshit, just cut it out. It's so stupid. Just yeah, the, the Luca Denning talks are eating up. Nothing happens. Just shut up. Like it's not like Steve Eiserman. Like come on. Like, like Steve Eiserman was sitting there going, there's there's a seventh-round pick out there for Glenn Dang, and Steve was like, no, I'm going to hang on to him. Just pick up the sixth. He'll come back next year. Pick up the seventh-round pick. It's ridiculous. Get out of here with this Glenn Denning con- Obviously, nothing was heating up because nothing happened. So, you guys, you guys are ridiculous with your silliness of retweeting that garbage and just wait re- till something's announced. That's I was retweeting all the about. all the Franz Nielsen for Ovi trades, but <laughs> you and your burner account. Yeah, me and my burner account were going back and forth on some hot Nielsen for Ovi trades, and they had to throw in a first for all that thirty-seven-year-old veteran leadership. <laughs> uh, I should point out, I, I did miss the power plays. That's where Ernie's getting the bump up. He's. Uh, Getting the bump up as the bumper for our power play. So oh. Rasmussen in the front, Ernie the bumper, Larks and Zads. I'm trying it. Uh, Flanken, and then uh, of course Corona. What about Nana? Because uh, he's Nana, a Nana, 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 Nana is flanking on the second power play go. line. Uh, Nana. Chow Chow is on the point. He's got Philly Phil also flanking on the left side. Uh, Svetchy Svetch, he's the bumper. And. Uh, I almost said Gagan. Um, <laughs> wow. I'll just call him Gagne. Gagne is in that front. How about um, the gagger? The gag- <laughs> How about gagger and cough? And nah, nah. <laughs> yeah, that's a good Put, place. Putting a pee-pee together. <laughs> <laughs> All 
Oh, that was the perfect way. Oh my god. Uh, Mike, do you have a game for us today? No, I don't. Alright, everybody, thanks <laughs> for uh, please uh, subscribe if you enjoyed this conversation. Uh, sorry, I my connection got lost about five minutes, ten minutes in. Uh, but uh, subscribe on the YouTube channel. Uh, subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, we are Red Wings Rant, of course. And uh, find us on Twitter, at VOD Hockey, and on Instagram, brothers underscore of underscore discussion. And uh, tomorrow, Mike, uh, if everything goes well, We'll be talking to a very special guest, so we'll have uh, hopefully part one of that episode on Sunday. Wait, no. Yeah, mo- Monday will be the podcast. Sunday I'll put something together to go live. And then uh, part two later next week. <laughs>